Hello, this is Sir Patrick Stewart. I am on the Artificial Intelligence Business Podcast and am doing fine, thank you. I do, however, feel Ben should watch something that isn't Star Trek The Next Generation. Anyway, enjoy the show. On today's show, voice as a service. What does that mean? Who owns my voice? I would like to think I own my own voice, but I don't know. The answer might change, and that's why we're here to talk about AI and voice monetization. And joining me are three people with the voice for radio, and the face for radio, actually, for that matter.、Uh, and of course, is our、uh, global editor of AI Business, Maximo Lex. Uh, hello, good time of day. I I I I hope your voice cords are in good working order. And of course, the the man who used to write about IP and who got very excited about IP wouldn't shut up about it in the pre-call. He's our now just reporter Ben Wadecki. Hello, everyone.、Um, by the time <laughs> this goes out, I will be 25 years of age. So plenty of time to reflect on IP and Patrick Stewart. Well, happy birthday, Ben!、Uh, what do you want for? <laughs> what, what do you want this year?、Uh, to get older. <laughs> Pikachu is getting closer as as we speak, quite literally. <laughs> I moved it closer so you get a better zoom this week. I thought it's moving closer by himself. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, it, it, Pikachu is a he or she or is it non? Like it's a. It's a Pika. It's a they. Yeah. It's non-binary. It's twenty twenty-one, man. Like. It's Demi Lovato. I, I never. It is Demi Lovato, and of course, last but not least,、uh, the grandchild of a German farmer. He is now <laughs>、uh, yeah, just the editor.、I've、killed everyone above me. He, he's、yeah. murdered all the. <laughs> there's、editor. no one below him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no one below. Yeah, <laughs> he just by himself in in the field of East Sussex. His Sebastian Moss. Hello.、Uh, You know, if you're paying for my voice sometime distant future, and this is what you've trained it on, I feel sorry for you. There are many better voices to buy. Let's talk about <laughs> voice. Clearly, I'm aware that nobody should take my image and, and make profit off it, but I did not know that voice. It's so easy to monetize this day, and it's so easy for somebody to copy this day. So that's why we're here to talk about. And also, somebody just educated me on Hatsune Miku. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> I have no idea. Don't you have a no, tiny miniature version of something? It's called the Gatebox, and I don't have it because it costs three and a half thousand dollars, and I just so, like as soon as I、money. can get that and expose the disposable、Patreon. income.、Let's... Anyway, so synthetic voices are not new, but something is happening in synthetic voice land, and everybody is very, very excited because for the first time in history, it looks like you will be able to immortalize, digitize, and sell. Your voice. When did this happen, and why is this idea suddenly catch fire in in the recent years? I, I'm I'm guessing this is something that's already happening. So can we run it back to the beginning of this? Language language recognition, natural language recognition, is is not new, but the techniques are new. So so basically, you can do language recognition without any AI whatsoever, using purely statistical methods, and this is indeed what has been done, you know, like in in the nineties, for example. But the state of the art has advanced. So 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 right now, you know, like the way we generate voices is completely different, and we have this opportunity because obviously, like machine learning models are trained on a bunch of data and then can replicate kind of like you know like the 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 proper 
properties of that data or start identifying objects or start expressing themselves in the modulations of that data. And when you do that to the voice, it just lands itself very nicely. And various people have been running experiments. This kind of ties into the whole deepfake debate where it's just like, yeah, you, you, you like we knew for a while that, you know, with enough kind of work you can make uh voices that seem to belong to real people you, you can make them say pretty much anything and it's just like yeah we've heard these things from celebrities from kind of like uh music stars what veritone is doing is they're offering people this all-in-one service that tells them if you want to get the voice from us you can have these choices or if you want to create your own voice here are the tools we will not only help you create your own kind of like voice generation construct but we will also help you monetize it. We will help you protect it. We will we will make a product out of it. Some voice actor can go in and say, hey, I'm too busy voicing all those small voice projects. So I can just give my voice to Veritone and have them do it for me, which at this point, I just own the copyright, basically. Copyright, I don't know if that's the right word, for my voice. Randy Hain, uh, who is the hockey announcer for the San Jose Sharks, the way that they probably got it is they wouldn't have copyright on their actual voice because that currently does not exist You can, for the sounds. Now, sound, so to bring in the IP aspect here, sound marks, sound protection is still really, really new. And there's been a lot of discussion in different jurisdictions about protecting sound marks. The EU is fantastic in how fast it's going with its sound protections, but it's still very early stages. Although you can't copyright your actual voice at the moment, a lot of these on-air celebrities and personalities have phrases copyrighted or even trademarked to an extent. Michael Buffer, the famous boxing announcer and ring personality, has "Let's get ready to rumble." Exact same way. Is that the way you say it? Yeah, it is. Well, he can't say it too <laughs> closely. Yeah, he has to do a bad impression if he does a good because one because otherwise he's going to sue me. And yeah, yeah, there's you, no you reason. Is gonna... <laughs> there's no reason why you put that into a system like this and that person will slam down on it. So the legal. This is the wild west for in terms mm. of the IP law, and I am absolutely fascinated as the resident IP nerd to see how this plays out on the copyright aspect. Like with with voice, we're going to a, we have a long rich history of impersonators right just professional impersonators who we as mankind as mankind <laughs> you know we, we we have things we're proud of doctors scientists you know rocket scientists we have things we're uh, not so proud of lawyers impersonators clowns right and they managed to, to make a living off it you can go on tv you can say catchphrases but because it's satire because it's part of an act you can get away with it if you just wheeled out a TV and played a clip of that person saying a thing, not only would it not be funny, it would start to be copyright infringing. And that's this is somewhere in between those two extremes. Yeah, if you build an AI of Patrick Stewart's voice based on copyrighted recordings of Patrick Stewart, and that's how you train it, then you're using copyright material, even if the output itself just might not be as copyrightable. But if you build it on more public domain versions of his voice, or on impersonators, I really don't know how anyone could stop you. When I covered the Marvel AI story, the thing I got from the announcement the most out of it was the company behind it, Veritone, a lot of what they were saying is, no, no, this is, you know, we're going to work on this. We're going to, you know, be safe about this. They they hammered home that, that effigy of being safe and using it in a safe and sustainable way, which I found really interesting because, you know, again, 
this is the wild west of voices i think uh, the, the fact that they're called marvel ai shows you that copyright is weird and they can get away <laughs> with things <laughs> no but but are are people like veritone actually pushing to to for, for regulation or are they just trying That's to get they make in money or... because you can right. do it diy otherwise if, yeah, if, yeah, if it's they... a wild west you can just i can just get all the patrick stewart voices and, if I, and a follow-up of that is how many companies are, are like Veritone out there? Because it can't just be one company who's owning everybody's voices suddenly, right? Well, that's the thing. There's a whole bunch and there's people doing sim similar things, you know, like we, we talked previously about William Shatner being digitized, his voice image and all, you know, like that's a more complete pa- package. And again, it puts more emphasis on this idea. Here's a celebrity. We're going to we're going to digitize everything about the biggest people worship these guys. This is an, an approach through the eyes of business, you know, like and there's like a company companies like Veritone. There are now companies that tell you that, yes, you can monetize sounds. We will track them. They will they will do the same thing that you kind of like you're used to seeing on Google where it's just yeah if you're using copyrighted material that's fine but we will put ads on it and 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 out of those ads we will pay the actual copyright holders and um, this is very very big on TikTok for example where virality is everything content is very very tiny and and, and again if, if it uses a familiar sound if it uses you know like let's say let's say the the the, the Kirby enthusiasm theme which is a very popular kind of meme material you know like the law source says that technically people should be paid <laughs> And it appears that technically people should be paid. We don't have mechanisms for it. And we don't have anybody to enforce it. And the legal situation is not clear. But if we continue kind of our approach to copyright, you know, like those logical conclusion, then this is probably where we're going. You, you'll probably see what YouTube had to do. where uh, You know, they had rampant music piracy, essentially. Just everyone putting up music. And it went down to the wire. A lot of uh, lawsuits. And Vivo came out of it big consortium of all the big music industry we control those youtube channels we get the ad money off of it so i I could equally see stuff coming out of this and and veriton want to be that they want to be the vivo they want to be that central platform to handle not just the technology but the the legal logistics of it same with t-series as well which is the biggest youtube channel which is mostly bollywood music that started out as a piracy site it started out as a place you could pirate music you know, that is legit. You can look it up for T-Series come and sue me like they sued PewDiePie. And now it's this, the trendsetter, it's the regulator, but they started out as this cowboy in the West, guns blazing. A lot of these techniques for manipulating content, they're new, right? They are merging right now with the internet. And, you know, like the TikTok format, I'm too old to understand it. I don't understand TikTok at all. But, yeah, the fact is, like, first people start using these tools and then the corporations figure out, oh, we can make money out of this. And then the regulation comes and and, and, and NIP protection comes and all of these other beautiful people. So um, we're exactly here. It's always going to be a two-tone thing of if if you're... uh... A, a, an actual company and you want to buy a, a AI voice to advertise your service, you're going to do it the legitimate way. But if you're just having a laugh and you want Patrick Stewart to say silly things, you'll be able to do it for free in a way that will be in a legal gray area. And no one's ever going to be able to stop that. You know, we're speaking right now. You can get this audio. You can do what the hell you want with it. 
there is hundreds of hours of us speaking. You can do what you want with it. No one can ever stop you. It would be very easy, easy to create, yes, a digital Seb or a digital TN or a digital Ben. Similar to deepfake videos, you at this point, you can pay a hacker, or not a hacker, you can pay somebody online for 20 bucks or even less, and to. they can just yeah. throw... Yeah, just, and they can just or or just upload it on somewhere, and they can give yeah. you a pretty decent deepfake video. You can get a good laugh. You can text it to your friend. Nobody has the legal ground to go after you, right? Because that's just private messages. You're having a good time with your friends. But let's talk about the wild part, the crazy implications that is happening. This while we're talking about TikTok, what other things are we seeing that's kind of like ma- making people like frown upon and just say, "Oh, that's kind of weird," or that that can be bad in the future. Thing I'll jump in here is a uh, big thing at the moment over the last year or so has been the rise of Cameo. So Cameo, for those who don't know, is a platform, and I think Memo is another one where you can basically get a celebrity or someone who's in the public eye, pay them a certain amount of money, and they will send you a video message. So um, Caitlyn Jenner is big on it. Caitlyn Jenner well, is doing them. Nigel uh, Farage, by the way, uh, will read anything you send him uh, if you pay him enough. Um, so basically, it's a legit way of making money. Yeah, and yeah. Um, there's a guy for uh, it's a British TV show called The Inbetweeners. He averaged around thirty something a day doing these videos last last year. He made like three hundred grand from it. But in a positive spin for celebrities, you could put your voice into a system like this and here's a here's a video an eight a 30 second happy birthday message from jonathan franks but turns out it's an ai doing it i think that's a positive one and i thought i'd start with a nice one before we descend into a bleak well, legal gray area the, the negative is you could just do that for free yeah right? exactly yeah <laughs> well but the thing about cameo is that you can do it for free but i think there are versions i've i've seen i never use it but i've gone i've gone on the app to check out what people do as, as previously established, I love John John Cleese. So John Cleese, when he does those things, he'll give you a little story. Those are things that the AI would never be able to do, right? So when he tell you, he'll be like, "While we're shooting Life of Brian, so this happened," and it will be like a story that he would never, he's never shared on on, on TV, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's interesting." So instead of just a generic happy birthday message, "Hey, happy birthday, I'm John Cleese," you know, whatever, whatever his catchphrase is, he now tell you a story about a fish called Wanda. So that I think is interesting because I think the whole point is you want to see that person. So that's not just your traditional, "Hey, I just record." A, a catchphrase for your voicemail because i think that, that that probably will be a thing in the future where some people just customize hey you know what i'm gonna have stephen colbert's voice for, for my voicemail voicemail why not and i think cameo is kind of a positive experience because celebrity make legit money something that started happening last week is more and more people found out about uber duck Uber Deck AI is a kind of like a web app that allows you it's it's a speech to it's a text to speech engine but they have user generated voices there belonging to celebrities this is already this is already happening you can access it and, and and type some things and listen to how it sounds if you have a discord account that's one limitation but they have sort of like Kanye West you know Jay-Z they have the tourist BAG they also have Patrick Stewart where well he was the one that did the intro yeah he did our intro for us with Uber Deck Hello, this is Sir Patrick Stewart. UberDuck has been a riot on TikTok. You know, like those videos are being shared, you know, like hundreds of thousands of times. There are a whole bunch of them. I found them on, on Twitter, but it was kind of like sloppy seconds. You know, like we don't get the freshest stuff from TikTok. Um, it's worth checking out. This shows the democratization of tools because these models are created by the users themselves. They're created by kids in their basements who have access to sound files, who, who, who now can train the model. They understand AI. This is where we are. Uh, and, and, and they can turn these tools just like that. 
here's the thing with like with it being TikTok though. The question is how much of this is to stay and how much of it is. But keep in mind that just earlier in the year, people were crazy about sea shanties. Is that still a thing on TikTok? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I think that's that question is kind of irre- almost irrelevant because the idea is not whether this will be a, th- a thing in within the teen culture because the teen culture is going to move on quickly from one thing to another. The crazy thing is, would this lead to? potential criminal activities you know when when this starts to hit uh you know adobe are working on a similar um software if you've got veriton there's there's a rich history of this when it gets to the point where it can get the the micro fluctuations of a human voice that's when it's much scarier and that's when it gets to the point where you listen to it you can't tell the difference you listen to it and another ai can't tell the difference so adobe for example say they're going to put markers within the synthesized voice that you the human couldn't hear but another AI would be able to pick up. Eventually we get to the point where any digital media cannot be trusted at face value. And I mean, already at some po- some level, you should be much more skeptical about everything you read, see, smell, hear, just because everything in the universe is a lie. But oh gosh. it's going to get worse and worse. And... I, we should do a drinking game where every time Seb said worse and worse because having to edit all okay. this podcast I think he said this at least twice po- every episode like positive. everything's getting worse I've and worse I've got a positive story for you yeah he's, you always okay. tell me to do uh, positive mm-hmm. things um, which you, you have failed to do at this point <laughs> here we go my, do we have my to drink own, if he's doing positive as yeah, well yeah you, you guys you have to do no then you'll never get drunk lines um, my, my own voice service which is for patients who are losing their voice due to you know injuries, diseases, or anything like that. And they sit in a booth, they record their voice again and again and again, read a bunch of lines. And then once they've lost their voice, they have a, a system where they type or whatever, and it sounds like them. And that can be hugely comforting to someone because they don't feel like they've lost their identity. That's a great service. That's my positive one but also means we lose all forms of reality. That's a really good like, one. But... That could have been good for Stephen Hawking because he's famously British. Stephen Hawking's well, so, machine yeah. Stephen gives Hawking such a weird voice. was offered a different, more updated voice, but by the time the technology had advanced to that point, he was very, very... He, he'd it become, became his copyright. He became that voice and he thought that was him and he didn't want to change it. And it was did he also think that brand. was him or do we all think that was him? I think at that point, it'll be like, that's like signature Stephen Hawking class. And I think Sun Jokes actually sounds funnier when he typed it up and the voice came out in a very weird way. Like, oh, that's hilarious. But if actual Stephen Hawking with English accent say those words, I'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> Hello, right? mate. I'm here to talk about black goals, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, well, it's like a pen name. When you use it long enough, it doesn't matter. But that's why we should always look at how far we've come because those voices were terrible you know early synthesized voices were just awful um thankfully the oil industry gave us autotune uh accidentally they were they were working out how to take uh seismic data they would, they would put two microphones in the ground or more set off some explosions when the sound waves come back they would be able to hopefully work out by the way the sound has traveled, if there's oil, if there's gas, if there's coal, if, what, what kinds of rock. And in the process of doing that, they came up with auto-tune. And then, you know, the more recent stuff in the early 2000s, you know, we've got Vocaloids, which I know Max loves. Tell us about vo- Vocaloids, Max. Yes, yes. So so I, I didn't know about this before today, but Vocaloids apparently were born in Barcelona uh, in, 2000, in, in in the year 2000 and essentially like so eventually became a top product at, at, at uh, Yamaha Corporation. And um, 
are a massive, massive business. You know, a subscription to the software alone costs 230 bucks. Another thing I didn't know, and you know, like Adobe take notes because yeah, this is this is how much you can charge people. But Vocaloids, uh, I think they're on their five, fifth or sixth generation now are exactly that. Their, their, their avatars, their concepts, their voices that will sing your songs in a specific way. And they're all different and they all have their little quirks and differences. But the idea is that you can create a synthetic voice, synthetic personality, and not only make it so sing like, you know, like, you know, a hundred thousand, tens of thousand songs all around the world for anybody who for some reason cannot sing or cannot find a singer. You can also, you know, like turn it into a business with uh, creations like Hatsune Miku and, and the kind of the actual Vocaloid project. And you can earn, you know, like millions, uh, like selling this music, uh, which is made entirely on the computer. Okay, Max, for anyone who is not a weeb, give us a, a rundown of like Hatsune Miku, like how big she, and if you can call her she, is. Well, no, no. Big in terms of size or how popular? <laughs> how popular, because she has her own expo. <laughs> Like yeah. This is yeah. this is big. She draws stadiums, thought, entire stadiums. I thought the crowd was fake, and I think they're real people. The crowd is real. She is fake. A, a virtual. Yeah, that was a lot of close. So she, she's she's no, both don't, the voice. Don't tell that to the crowd. According to the crowd, she's, she's both she's the voice real. and an animated anime character, kind of sometimes in hologram form, right? Yeah. And sings these songs that are written by humans but sung by an AI. Or I don't know if you can class it as an AI at that point. That's the question, Max. Yeah, it's it, it's slightly older form of kind of like it's it, it yeah it's not exactly AI. It's still based on those kind of older statistical models. But here's an interesting thing about Hatsune Miku. A lot of the songs are actually crowdsourced. So how it works? You can write the song with the Vocaloid software and distribute it either for free or I think they take like a chunk of revenue. But essentially, it it, it doesn't cost you anything. If your song becomes big enough, the virtual one of the virtual performers will pick it up, start performing it, and suddenly you're in the money because you're. A singer songwriter and then even past that more recently um vtubers have become absolutely massive so people like video youtube people people on twitch instead of an actual person you could create a personality that is an avatar using these voices that aren't actually your voices now sometimes it's done to you know you know attract people that would be attracted to like the husini miko people or it's done to hide your age, for example. There was a or famous, or yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There was a famous example. It turned out to be like an aged Indian man who was pretending to be a Japanese schoolgirl. Um, but so are we still on the positive? Uh, voice <laughs> I think we've moved on positive. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the other, like the more recent example. So those, like Max saying, this is kind of pre-AI as we know it. Yeah. Um, and and now we're shifting into what? How will AI change this? And the early versions of that we saw was, you know, Siri, I'm not going to say Amazon's one to not annoy our listeners who are using it nearby and Google's one. Um, and they're still still not great. And, and part of that is the use case. So Amazon and Google could make much better voices, but they don't want to use the computational power each time. So if you want something said by a, an AI and you can wait a day, it's going to be a lot better than if you're having an immediate conversation and they want to synthesize it. So Alexa, I said it now, it's going to, sorry guys, setting it off. But, um, add, add big balls to my shopping list. <laughs> but I could easily imagine a future where you can tell your, your, your home device to have the voice of a celebrity, or even it just starts having the voice of a celebrity in anticipation of a movie. John Cena now talks to you, tells you that Taiwan isn't a country and tells you to go see the latest, you know, Marvel movie or whatever. 
for our listeners who don't know, I recently ran a long form on sex and AI and sex tech, people who are developing products. And I feel this kind of ties in a little bit because there's no reason why you can't potentially put a celebrity's voice in there, train it, and then apply it to something like a real doll or a body pillow. And obviously there's the, you've got to license your voice if, if that's the thing. And they will probably be a gray area of people doing that illegally. Um, and I think that's something that will definitely crop up if not soon, because as we all know, the sex industry, the sex tech industry are extremely early adopters. They are probably the, the, the military style in terms of early adopters in terms of technologies. And that's fascinating that those two are tied together. On sex and killing. It's, yeah. It's like peak America. Yeah. <laughs> Tits and guns. Shout out to our American listeners. <laughs> yeah, I think now since that now we've officially entered the wild west of, of, of the of the uh, the adoption. Um, I've got a couple examples I was thinking about because at the beginning, do you guys remember the Jennifer Lawrence and Steve Buscemi's face deep fake and everybody's mm-hmm. laughing and like ah, oh, that's just funny. Well, that's where deep fake came from. Came from homebrew people wanting to put celebrities on porn. A huge scientific and AI advancement. Like, which will have profound, shocking consequences on democracies and societies. Horny men, young horny men, and then they didn't need they didn't need the deep fake because the fappening happened, and they they were real. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jennifer. That that is not related to AI, unfortunately. Related to, but Ben's but it's related to Ben's hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Amazing, uh, jinx. Okay, so fast forward to now, the the Pennsylvania, my home state, Pennsylvania. Uh, th- this woman is called Rafaela Spone. Don't know where she's from. Um, and and this Pennsylvania mom was arrested very recently because she apparently created a deep fake video of a fellow. First of all, it's such an American story because I feel I don't feel like cheerleader people care much about cheerleader every other parts of the world. We don't but, like cheering. <laughs> but but the idea is that she basically create uh, allegedly I should say she allegedly this mom created this deepfake video of her former teammates of her cheerleader vaping in a party, and she put it online cyber harassment. She was, she was actually arrested for cyber harassment. But here's the twist of the story: since since she's arrested, uh, her daughter came out and said the video is real, it's very real, and that she knows friends who were there who filmed the video. And the authority now, at this point, this is as of last night, the authority came out and say, hey, we actually have no way of proving whether this is a deepfake or not. That's where we are at. So that's the scary part. Because you can say, well, the mom is being silly and she is being charged for serious crimes, but not for the deepfake yet because the authorities don't know how to charge her. And you can only imagine where, how far from Jennifer Lawrence and Steve Buscemi to, to right now. And you can only imagine what voice actor, what, what voice AI would do to some kind of celebrity. Now people can say, Hey, that's not my voice. All right, that, that could be a real thing, but I'm I'm just gonna shrug and walk away and say this is a setup attack. Yeah, you you had the Trump recording of of him trying to potentially force a recount in an illegal fashion. Uh, not potentially. Well, yeah, <laughs> that oh, happened. No. Allegedly, um, allegedly. Who, 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 who are you worried about? So, yeah, so, who are you worried about? So, you know, if this happens, he said, "Five mean those now, votes." Four, five, four years from now, five, five years from now. It would be much easier for people to say this is fake, even if there is a technology to prove it's not fake, even if we, we have the ability to do it. And and so so with the, the cheerleading thing, the problem is, again, 
as a society, you guys have this thing where like you, each side in a court case can pay for an expert to say that I'm an expert on this and I agree with this side. And then I have completely different opinions. No, no, because I think, see, I think the courts will know. I, I, I think the courts will always have digital kind of forensic specialists that will be able to tell these things apart. But the problem is everybody makes a decision before it goes to court. Nobody cares about the outcome of the actual court case because there's a video and you need an opinion yeah. on it. And the video is the most kind of, again, because we treated it as sarcosant uh, for all this time. You know, video evidence is the best kind of evidence, except it's not, not anymore. And then the rise of these will also give rise to the deep fake video experts to come in. They will start propping up all over the place. Like when cybersecurity started getting yeah. big, you will see tons of these on the market going, our product can do this. Yeah. It, it, yeah, they're going to be faker than the videos, these people. But... <laughs> No, so, no, no, so no, no. But again, a service that essentially tracks your face online and makes sure that it doesn't appear in a deepfake video in a compromising situation. The only thing you can do is invest in tools to try and spot how to to fit, how to spot deepfakes. The problem is every time uh, a group says, we found the thing in a video that is a guaranteed, you know, the shading, oh, this way, the way it reacts to the sunlight, the way the head bobs, is always a guaranteed way to show it's a deepfake. Then the deepfake community goes, oh, thanks for the tip. Cheers. Now we know. Oh, 100%. Because these things are only... My, my point of making those things is like, what started off as a teenage teenager joke, you know, in the mom's basement. I, we can say in the mom's basement. That per person might, might, might very well live in, live in a mansion yeah. off an island. They're leveraged somewhere. up yeah. to anyway. their ears to trying to rent to live in San Francisco. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And, right. and, and now, now suddenly it's like there's actual criminal case and now we're looking at it like, Oh, we actually don't. We don't have experts. Now we're hypothetically talking about experts that could happen, but now we're just saying like, oh, actually, the authorities have no power to prove it, and I'm sure they're scrape, you know, searching for experts right now. Um, but you know, to quote the Crucible, you know, because it's my name. Now, when when your name is being ruined, when people are kicking off the team, when people already seen those videos and people already make their opinions on you. So what if something is proven wrong? Uh, you know, fi some evidence is proven wrong a year later. Your 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 name is being ruined. You know, so I think that's something. When we talk about my voice, I just always assume I own my voice, and I'm not big enough for anybody to care. You know, um, but but for, if somebody is, and you know, we're into we're entering like a dark scenario where you know somebody can just easily do it, and the technology. Now it's kind of easy, and it's really easy to spot as you were as, as the example of like Patrick Stewart's voice. But I think in two years this will be very difficult to prove to prove to be proven wrong. The the other problem is investment and innovation within faking voices is going a lot faster than investment in telecoms infrastructure in America. So <laughs> you can have these voices it sounds sound, like America, yeah, yeah, sound pretty bad. You can have the cut out and get scratchy when it's doing words that it struggles with. And that can very conceivably sound like you're just having a phone call in an uninvested part of America. The, a spam call, somebody can do robocall and somebody somehow found the voice of your mom asking for some kind of, you know, like it just, the, the opportunities, no, I should not. Well, I would turn around and say, wait, mom, you're calling me? When does this happen? 
No, I'll just say, Mom, again, I told you I don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, a few weeks ago, I had a chance to talk to, 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 to representatives of Marvelous AI. Not to be confused with Marvel AI, but Marvelous AI, they're a very small company, but they're working in a very new, rapidly developing field of na- AI-powered narrative intelligence. So what they do is they check the feeds on behalf of their corporate clients, seeing, you know, like... Is there any new fake news coming that could influence us? Is somebody lying about us? You know, like, is somebody twisting the information? Their domain is kind of this corporate information warfare. Or is and a it's journalist very... telling the truth <laughs> in a way we don't like? It is very, very early days for these kind of services and consultancies. But I can imagine in the future, this is going to be very, very, very important because somebody will need to scan the feeds, look after your company's reputation and, you know, like quickly, you know, like burn it with fire if your executive's face was put in a, in a compromising position. Great. Okay, so we've covered all the all the possibilities of AI, the good and the bad, the the dark side and the light. Let's also talk about where can people find us online. <laughs> this is the most the dark worst segue I've ever done. Yeah, where can people find you on the dark web, Max? <laughs> <laughs> yes, beyond, beyond seven onion layers. No, but it's, it's actually, no, it's very easy. I'm available on Twitter and I'm available on AIbusiness.com. So if you want to contact me by email, it's max at AIbusiness.com. Yeah, if you're also interested in random BuzzFeed style, style video, Max and I recorded a top five quantum computer video. And it's just like a learning thing for me because I had no idea. Quantum, video, quantum computer is fun to think about. And, and I can see Max. Max actually worked really hard because he also does not know as much as quantum computing no as he does. would if like. Anyone tells you they know about quantum computing, they're lying. Well, yeah. I, so, if that video alone is worth it to put Tien's hat. Uh, so you can find that video on AIbusiness.com. <laughs> That's such a long way of introducing a <laughs> freaking video. So thanks. And you can also find me as I put myself in the middle of all this uh, at Tian Chifu on LinkedIn or or Twitter. Yeah, no, you can, um, yeah. you can find me on Twitter When, as when well. you're not on Silk, Silk Road, when I'm not on Silk, people find you. R.A.P., I'm just saying. But um, when, when I'm not on there, you can find me on Twitter. It's a must. You can find me on my Dates on my website, DCD. And you can find me right behind you right now. Turn around I'm there. And, and Ben, where can people find you and the Habitat for Pikachu? You can find both me and Pikachu on Twitter at Ben Wodecki, also on LinkedIn. And I'm always on AIbusiness.com. By the way, that Pikachu looks very fresh and clean. Did you wash it recently? No, but I moved it closer to the microphone, the, the camera lens, so that everyone I think can it moved see it itself. There. For more great podcasts and content about artificial intelligence, go to our website and follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn.